Wide receiver, quarterback, offensive line, the three potential most important positions for the New Orleans Saints this offseason. And how has the NFL Combine impacted each one of those spots? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into the first of two Friday episodes on Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making us your first and today's second listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. Catch me over at USA Today's Saints Wire, Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And y'all, there is absolutely no reason why the New Orleans Saints shouldn't be able to improve at wide receiver this offseason. Done. There's no question about it. The New Orleans Saints have everything at their disposal to be able to upgrade the position group that struggled so much in 2022 and return Michael Thomas on top of it. So let's talk about what we saw at the NFL Combine last night, Thursday night, the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, the tight ends, all running, all throwing, all passing, all catching, doing everything. But it was the wide receivers that stole the show because y'all, this wide receiver class is fast. Since 2003, only one year has there been uh, seven players that ran under 4-4 in the wide receiver group this year. Uh, eight different players did it here in 2022. And then you had several that ran in the 4-4 area. And so we know what the New Orleans Saints thresholds are, right? They like big, uh, big-bodied wide receivers that have some speed and that are you know, high on that athletic score, the relative athletic score. You can check out at Math Bomb on Twitter for more on that. But I want to talk about some of these guys that maybe didn't necessarily check all those boxes, but that still should garner uh, interest from the New Orleans Saints. So uh, let's start with the guys that did cross the threshold, the over nine point athletic score. These, the athletic score basically takes size, explosion, agility, and speed, creates composite grades out of all of the testing, all of the measurements, everything like that. And then from that averages out a, a final score, basically. And that final score is the RAS, the relative athletic score. You can find it over at ras.football. Uh, great, great uh, resource for metrics. And the Saints like players, they come in at over 9.00. So let's start off with one of the top wide receivers on this list and one that we've been talking about quite a bit. No, it's not Chris Olave, actually. It's Christian Watson, the wide receiver out of North Dakota State who measured in at six foot four, 208 pounds and ran the best 10-yard split alongside Sky Moore, who ran, you know, who measured in at uh, five foot nine and a half, 195 pounds. <laughs> so when you look at the athleticism that Christian Watson packs at six foot four, 200 plus, pretty incredible. And he ran a four, three, six official 40. It came in at a little bit of a better time than that unofficial, but then was uh, ended up being uh, four, three, six, which is phenomenal speed, phenomenal explosion as well. It didn't stop at just the speed. Uh, a 38 and a half inch vert and an 11 foot four inch broad jump that shows you all of the explosion that he has off the line of scrimmage as well, which is what also translates into that 10 yard split. Why is the 10 yard split so and, and let me explain what the 10 yard split is. You know, the 40 yard dash, how quickly can you run from point A to point B in a straight line going 40 yards? 
the 10 yard split is the time that it takes you to get 10 yards down. So that's your initial burst, right? And that initial burst is an easy way or easier way to win as a young wide receiver in the NFL. So if you've got one of those top 10 yard splits as a wide receiver, that's going to catch the attention of a lot of scouts. Now, scouts don't draft solely based upon what you do in the NFL combine. You've got to have the tape to back it up as well. Christian Watson has that tape, but he's tied with somebody, Isaiah Weston, in terms of the highest RAS score, but maybe Isaiah Weston doesn't have that same tape. He comes in at six foot three, 214 pounds, ran a 442, 40 inch uh, vert, and then an 11 3 on the broad jumps. Those are all impressive numbers, but he's got drop problems. He was hampered by a, you know inaccurate quarterback. He was a one speed guy, right? It was all about stretching the field for him, but he's got a build here at six foot three, 214. You'd like to see him do more. And he added 20 bench reps as well. So Isaiah Weston out of Northern Iowa, maybe somebody to keep an eye out on later on in the draft. Think about Kawan Baker last year in the seventh round. He was over that RAS threshold, had a lot of, of um, uh, traits that you like in a wide receiver, but ended up falling later just because of the tape, the school, all these other things. Isaiah Weston, maybe one of those names to keep an eye out on. Okay. You knew I was eventually going to get to it, right? You knew I was going to get to Chris Olave. It was going to happen. So let's just do it. Let's talk Chris Olave. Chris Olave, the wide receiver who comes in at six foot, 187 pounds, small, right? That's pretty small. We know the New Orleans Saints thresholds in the past have been six foot plus, 200 pounds plus. So we'll see what he weighs in at his pro day if he's able to put on some extra weight there to get a little bit closer to 200 pounds. That would certainly make a lot of these NFL teams feel more comfortable. But honestly, with what it is that you're asking Chris Olave to do and what he has the ability to do as somebody that stretches the field and that operates above average from eight yards downfield to 45 yards downfield, you don't care, right? I'm here to tell you, Stephen A., I'm here to tell you, we don't care. I don't care about his three cone. I don't care about his short shuttle. I don't care about it because that's not what his responsibility is going to be, right? If the New Orleans Saints were to draft a guy like Chris Olave with Jameis Winston at quarterback, it's run, young man, run, right? Rumble, young man, rumble. That's what you're going to ask him to do. He clocked in at 426 on the 40 unofficial. Then that was changed to a 439, which you know what? is still fast and honestly is a good thing for the New Orleans Saints that he ran a 439 because if they are interested in the Ohio State Buckeye and keeping the Ohio State Buckeye to New Orleans Saints pipeline going with a guy like Chris Olave, 426 probably would have bumped him up into the top 12, right? I'm not going to say top 10 because there's a possibility that the first six selections of this year's draft are all trench players. Uh, interior offensive line, uh, offensive tackles, interior defensive line, edge rushers. There's a very, very good chance that that happens. So I'll say top 12. So for that to be the case, that would mean that the Saints would have to trade up for Chris Olave. 439, a little bit more about what people were already expecting from him. Very, very helpful for the team to potentially still have him available and on the board, potentially at 18 or 15, right? Something a little bit more manageable to trade up to if that's the guy. Remember, the last time that the New Orleans Saints traded up for a wide receiver was Brandon Cooks, who ran a 4-3-3. They liked his world-class speed at that time, right? Now you look at how fast all these wide receivers are, and then you're kind of going, ah, oh, 4-3-3 feels pretty normal all of a sudden. But he fits that same frame in terms of a field stretcher, all the things that the Saints liked back in, what was that, 2014? Now here in 2022. So if you're going to trade up for a wide receiver, he might be the one. Okay, a couple of other folks that stood out. Alec Pierce, the wide receiver, out of Cincinnati. He comes in at a 9.62 on the RAS scale. Um, 
By the way, Chris Olave, 7.83, low in size, low in explosion because that 32-inch vertical, a little bit concerning there. He wasn't the only one to take a hit because of the vertical as well. Uh, Everyone's favorite, uh, Traylon Burks, also took a little bit of a hit there with a 33, 32-inch vertical himself, but he's going to be fine. He'll still be one of the top receivers off the board as well. He should be. Uh, But Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati, 6'3", 211 pounds, 40 and a half inch vert, 10-9 on the broad jump and a 4-4-1-40 with an eight-yard split unofficial of 1-5-5. These are all really, really good numbers for a guy that's six foot three. I mean, this is Christian Watson, right? I got these guys, Christian Watson and Alec Pierce, just put themselves up into early second round, late first round conversation at the wide receiver position. And this is important. And this is where I want to kind of wrap up and put a bow on what's happening with wide receivers. There's a lot of wide receivers available in free agency, and there are a lot of really, really good um, uh, uh, draft wide receivers that are going to be available for the NFL draft. That's important. Daniel Jeremiah talked about it at the NFL Combine. I'll talk about it now. This means that teams might not be looking to jump and make some big wide receiver splash in the top 10 in the top 15, because they know that they can wait for wide receiver. This happened a few years ago. It's one of the reasons why DK Metcalf fell down. Everybody said, oh, well, this wide receiver, there's no way they're going to be available in the first round. No way this wide receiver is going to be available in the first round, blah, blah, blah. And then the first receiver didn't get taken until the 20s. And then you had DK Metcalf fall into uh, out of the first round entirely. And so this happens. And this is exactly what can happen this year as well. So don't get bogged down with how fast the receiver is and the fact that, oh, there's no way they'll be on the board outside of the top 10. We don't know that. We don't know that. There is a stacked free agent wide receiver class, and a lot of them are hampered with ACL injuries, but still, you have a stacked wide receiver free agent class that Amari Cooper is expected to be a part of, because we heard from Adam uh, Schefter earlier today that he might be released or is expected to be released, and then you have this stacked wide receiver class in the NFL draft. Teams aren't going to be leaping for wide receiver this year. It's just not going to happen, and that's good news for the New Orleans Saints who are at 18 and who come around again in the middle of the second round where guys like Sky Moore... David Bell, these other guys that had these really, really nice performances could potentially find themselves going. So, and if you're a fan of Jamison Williams to the New Orleans Saints, this is all great news too, because it just makes it more likely that he's available at 18 as well to have all of this talent. So we'll see, we'll see how it all goes, but Hey, the New Orleans Saints are not only going to be looking at wide receiver. They're also going to be trying to figure out that quarterback question that's lying ahead of them, but the combine has its impact in a little bit of a unique way as all of the veteran options are falling off of the board. So what will the New Orleans Saints do at quarterback? We'll talk about that next as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net. Great odds that you can check out, particularly around the combine. We did not see John Ross's 4-2-2 40-yard dash record broken, but Tariq Woolen doesn't run until Sunday. So We'll see if anybody's able to beat it. We almost saw it broken unofficially by Tyquan Thompson, but that ended up being adjusted to still a respectable 429. So you got to love what you're seeing from these wide receivers, and it's going to make the DBs run even harder. So if you want to get in on those odds or a bunch of others, you can check out about different records for different drills and workouts and all that. BetOnline.net is the absolute best place for you to be for all of your odds, props, lines, all your sports betting needs, podcasts, analytics, analytics, excuse me, news, whatever it is that you're looking for, they got you taken care of. And if it's not football that you want, you want to get in on some basketball, uh, hockey, UFC, MMA, boxing, they've got all of that as well. So go and check them out over at betonline.net. Stay up to date with all of the great offers that they're going to have over on the website, their newly designed website on mobile as well as on your desktop. So go and check them out, betonline.net, where the game starts. 
right, family. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Thanks as always, making us your first listen of the day every day. We're still here with you five days a week. Never lost, never stopping. It ain't happening here over at Locked On Saints. And of course, make sure you're also checking out the Locked On NFL YouTube page, getting you everything you need to know around the NFL in less than 30 minutes with a bunch of exclusive content as well, including our insider program, Locked On Now, whole bunch of great stuff. Locked On Today, tons of things for you over on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Go and check it out today. And of course, you could also get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. So I want to talk a little bit about wide, excuse me, about quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. I want to amend one thing, a little quick update on Amari Cooper. Looks like the Cowboys might potentially try to trade him before he gets released on the first day of the new league year. So just a tiny detail there. But when it comes down to quarterback, the New Orleans Saints, they're losing options. They're losing options right before our eyes at the NFL Combine. It doesn't have anything to do with the guys that are running drills. Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, who's not actually running drills, but you know what I mean. It has nothing to do with the rookies, right? It has everything to do with the dwindling quarterback market as teams continue while at the Combine in Indianapolis, Indiana, to commit to the veteran quarterbacks that we expected to hit the trade market. Guys like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Jer- uh, even Jalen Hurts, who had a little bit of trade rumor around him at the end of the season, Baker Mayfield, all of these guys are either being committed to by their teams and their coaches or, in Jimmy Garoppolo's case, about to undergo shoulder surgery and won't be able to throw for 16 weeks. That impacts the idea of whether or not a team would be willing to trade for them. But you look at these other guys like Aaron Rodgers, where he's reportedly working on negotiating a short-term deal with the Green Bay Packers that would make him the highest paid player in NFL history. Russell Wilson, who Pete uh, Pete Carroll was talking about how he's in a marriage with Russell Wilson and there's no intent to trade the quarterback and that the message has been the same by John Snyder for every team that has called. That Jimmy Garoppolo injury we just talked about, Derek Carr was committed to by Josh McDaniels on Radio Row over at the NFL Combine saying, hey, he's going to be our starting quarterback uh, week one. Baker Mayfield, the emphatic yes that came from uh, Kevin Stefanski when asked about whether or not he's their guy moving forward. Uh, You can throw in Jalen Hurts, who uh, Nick Sirianni and his uh, and um, uh, Howie Roseman committed to saying, hey, he's 23-year-old quarterback that we have here who led this team to the playoffs. That was in response to them asking about whether or not they would be interested in Deshaun Watson. So if they're not interested in moving on from Jalen Hurts for another quarterback, they're certainly not interested in moving on from Jalen Hurts for the potential of another quarterback, which would mean draft picks, things like that. And even a guy like Taylor Heineke, who could potentially hit the market from the Washington Commanders, it depends, right? The Washington Commanders have reportedly called all 32 teams and have built a list of 42 quarterbacks to look at over the course of this offseason to see if they want to start any of them over him, but they still look at him as a high-end backup or a low-end starter, so they might not even be willing to part ways with a guy like Taylor Heineke, who could potentially hit the market. So what does that leave you if you're the New Orleans Saints in terms of veteran quarterbacks? If that's what you're looking for, if you're looking at, you know, bringing in a veteran as opposed to relying on a rookie, which seems to be more and more the tone that you're hearing from Mickey Loomis, that you're hearing from Dennis Allen, that it doesn't seem that that's the way that the franchise wants to go right now. Not meaning that they won't draft a quarterback. They might. A six foot seven quarterback like Cole Kelly out of southeastern Louisiana late that you can develop is a great idea, but, or, or Malik Willis, if he's there at 18, great idea, but doesn't sound like they just want to hand over the keys to the franchise to the guy right away. And that makes sense because you have a way more talented and way more plentiful pair of quarterback classes coming up over the next two years, over the next two seasons. So what does that leave you with? Well, that leaves you with the guys that we've already looked at as the two most likely options anyway, 
Jameis uh, Jameis Winston, almost a Jameis Williams. That's going to be hard if Jameis and Williams and Jameis Winston end up on the same team, but I'll be really happy about it. Uh, But Jameis Jameis Winston, as well as uh, Teddy Bridgewater, those seem to be the options along with the guys that are already in the building, like Taysom Hill and Ian Book. And listen, I have no problem with either one of those guys, if I'm being honest. I know know some people do, but I have no problem with either one of those guys. I am Team Jameis in terms of what makes the most sense that fits the theme of the offseason, that fits the theme of, hey, we want to make sure that we're you know, staying competitive and remaining and keeping the status quo and not changing the fabric of this franchise, then go with the guy that you gave, that you turned the keys over to last year, this year, if you can right? Because he might have a market. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the Washington Commanders, they're equally impacted by the fact that this veteran quarterback market is dwindling over the course of the offseason so far, just like the New Orleans Saints are. So does that make it harder to keep Jameis Winston? Does that mean that you then go to Teddy Bridgewater? Does that mean that the Mitch Trubisky conversation is one that all of a sudden, unfortunately, becomes a reality? We don't know. We hope not. I know I hope not. I know you hope not in terms of the Mitch Trubisky situation. But ideally, they're able to move forward with, and in my opinion, by the way, if you're going to go to Mitch Trubisky, then go to Taysom Hill. Like he's already there. You've already paid the guy. Like go to Taysom Hill. But anyway, um, there's just not really the, the, that veteran quarterback market. So what does that mean for the Saints in terms of this rookie class? It means you know get to know him. <laughs> it means get acquainted. It means really pay attention to him because if one of those guys is available for you at 18 right? Then maybe it doesn't work for 2022, but you can develop this guy in for 2023, 2024 and whatnot. So if you can land a Kenny Pickett at 18, if you can land a Malik Willis at 18, shoot your shot at this point, because it doesn't look like you're going to be able to land Russell Wilson. doesn't look like you're going to be able to land Aaron Rodgers. So, okay, now what's that next class, that next sort of, um, let's call it tier of that veteran quarterback class. That would be Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, who you don't want to mess with his contract at all and, or commit to him long-term, which would be the easy way to sort of diminish his contract hit is give him an extension. Don't go through all that. And then, you know, Tyler Huntley, I'd probably throw in there too. Maybe I'm a little bit higher on Tyler Huntley than other folks are, but there's no indication that Baltimore would even be willing to trade him if they keep him around on that exclusive rights free agent um, uh, contract. So then you look at those and then you look at the free agent class of Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston. I would put both of them in the same class as some of those guys, right? So in that case, you might as well roll with the free agent if you can. Trying to keep Jameis Winston is, is, of course, the easiest option, probably the best option, and then drafting the rookie quarterback that you can develop into your future. Because if you can only get Jameis for one year because he wants to have another chance at a much bigger contract next year, then go for it. If you feel like he gives you the opportunity to win, but then draft that rookie quarterback that can develop behind him so that you have somebody to go to in 2023 and you have a succession plan in place so that you're not right back in this situation next season. That's what I would expect to see the New Orleans Saints do. According to Mickey Loomis, it seems that uh, Jameis Winston is uh, an option for the New Orleans Saints is the way that he said it. And he hopes that the team is still an option for Jameis as well. So we'll continue to keep you updated on that. That'll be a part of what we're going to talk about in our second episode today is though are those very comments and what they could mean for the New Orleans Saints. But first, I want to talk about the guys that protect the quarterback, the offensive line, because they're going to be working out later on today. So we're going to talk about guys like Evan Neal, but we're also going to hit guys like Max Mitchell, as well as uh, Trevor Penning, who could be available for the New Orleans Saints at any point during the draft. So let's talk about how the New Orleans Saints could make up for the loss of, the potential loss of, Teron Armstead this offseason in this rookie draft class. we got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Every day I try to build you the perfect episode here at Locked on Saints, but one of the things I never have to worry about is building you the perfect protein bar because it's already been done. 
Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market in the world, I dare say. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. We know it. You're into into March now. Things are starting to change in terms of your New Year's resolutions. But the one thing you should be able to keep up on is getting fit, eating right, if you're using Built Bar as a part of your plan, because it doesn't even feel like you're doing a New Year's resolution at that point. You just get to enjoy eating basically candy bars that have the benefits of protein bars without all of the hazards of the candy bars. Hazards, all right, that might be a little dramatic, but just listen to these macros. Four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to the candy bars that are 240 grams of sugar that are you know dozens of net carbs. It's just, and, and no protein in those. So this is just a much better alternative for you. If you haven't tried the Built Puff Bars yet, they're absolutely to die for. Go and check them out. The churro flavor is my favorite. I love anything cinnamon and uh, Built Bar just does the cinnamon right. They do the flavor right because they make these bars taste good first and then they figure out how to make them healthy. I love their process. So go and check them out. You can get yourself a whole box of whatever flavor you want, or you can get a sample box, however you want to do it over at built.com. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Use the numeral so you can get 15% off over at built.com. Get it, Houdat Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints with a quick look at the offensive line. We've talked wide receiver, we've talked quarterback. Now the next most important position, or you know, you can probably uh, rearrange these three however you like for the New Orleans Saints is going to be the offensive line. And they may have to get some work done on it through the NFL draft if they lost to Ron Armstead this offseason, which seems, let's just say likely. I, I think that it's one of those things where you have to manage the short term versus the long term, right? If Teron Armstead walks this offseason, it's a $13.6 million cap hit in 2022. That's not ideal. If you want to extend him, then it lessens the short-term hit, but then you're committing to an offensive lineman that has experienced a lot of injuries throughout his time at 30-plus years old. The wild card here is how Matt Rea changes all this. Hired as a New Orleans Saints Director of Sports Science, Is he going to be somebody that comes in and gives you what you need to feel comfortable about non-recurring injuries going into next season? Remember, he's the guy that's credited with dropping Alabama's soft tissue injuries in half, right, by 50% over his time in Alabama once they started to buy into his system. The New Orleans Saints have always been innovative in terms of care, conditioning, strength, training, as well as practice and preparation. So do they feel better about it that way? Perhaps. So We'll see exactly which route they go there. But when it comes to this draft, there are some viable options in the first round into the third round of players that might be options for them to replace Ron Armstead if he ends up leaving. Or you move Ryan Ramchick over to the left. You have James Hurst start over at right tackle. And then you draft one of these guys in the second or third round to be ready and to develop behind him and could potentially move Ryan Ramchick back to right or keep Ryan Ramchick at left and start one of these guys on the right. There's any number of possibilities here. So I just want to identify some of the names that you should be looking out for tonight during the workouts for the offensive line. I want to start off with Evan Neal. You're going to want to watch him. He's probably not going to be available for the Saints at any point in this draft at all. He could be the number one player going off the board. But listen, he's incredibly fun to watch. So watch him, have fun, use him as the barometer for how you watch the rest of these prospects. How do they do not only, and these are things that you want to watch, right? How do they do in the 40? Because you want the mobility there. How do they do on the vert? 
because you want to see the explosion off the line of scrimmage. And how do they do in their drills? Can they get under the bag? Can they keep their leverage? Can they keep their hips low as opposed to coming up at the hips? They have a good punch when they hit the bag. The reason why you want to see the hips stay low is because it shows that they can manage their leverage, that they can stay anchored, that they can keep their base wide. So you want to see all of that. And these drills where you have them moving laterally or left to right, keep an eye out on that as well, because that becomes a really important piece for the way that offensive linemen fit into zone run schemes, which the New Orleans Saints do very heavily. So Evan Neal will be a good one to watch so that you could see, okay, this is what the top tackle prospect looks like. Now let me watch the rest of these tackles based upon what I saw from Evan Neal. And, you know, unless Evan Neal has a bad combine, which could be favorable for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, So a, a name to watch that might be one of my favorites is going to be Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. He is somebody that you'll that you can also watch that so you can see what mobility should look like in a tackle. He's very fluid in his movements. He does a good job at changing direction and transitioning as well. So if he's coming out of a stance and he's working his way up to the second level, but then needs to change direction to continue to lead block for a running back to the outside, you can see him be able to wall off that linebacker so that the Uh, running back can get to the outside and then watch his transition as he turns to the outside to the sideline to start to head up and lead that blocker. So you're going to want to see anything that requires a change of direction for these tackles. And Charles Cross would be a great one to watch there. Again, as a barometer, he might not be available for the Saints, but you can watch him. And then later on, because these guys will work out alphabetically, you can keep an eye out for Northern Iowa offensive tackle Trevor Penning, who could be available at 18. He's another one that is really good when it comes to athleticism that's able to just simply be one of the strongest guys on the field. So uh, that that reminds me, by the way, another uh, drill to watch, of course, is the 40 because you want the upper body strength for these guys. Oh, excuse me, not the 40. I'm so sorry. I apologize. The bench press because you want to see the upper body strength. If you can see somebody get into the 40s on the, uh, on the bench press, very impressive stuff. Okay, last one, not maybe not the last one. I want to give a shout out to a couple of interior offensive linemen as well, but let's stick with tackles for just a second. Interior offensive linemen will be our land yap today. How about that? So there's two more offensive tackles to watch uh, in this class. Max Mitchell is definitely one of them out of Louisiana. And then I'm trying to see if he's actually going to be participating in the, um, in the it doesn't look like it, but Arizona State uh, tackle, Kevin, I believe it's pronounced Deich. I'm not sure, but uh, I'll I'll ask him (laughs) or ask somebody, Uh, but he would be another one to watch as well just throughout the draft process, but it doesn't look like he's participating in the combine. But Max Mitchell coming out of Louisiana, again, checks the boxes, right? Good size, good athleticism, strong, good punch, good anchor, great base. Those are the things that you want to see. Now, he can be a little bit inconsistent with his hip height and all those other things, but that's the type of stuff that you're okay working with with the offensive line coaches, especially bringing back a guy like Doug Marone, who is great at developing offensive line talent. So that would definitely be another one to watch. And then let me not rip you off here. Let me give you another offensive tackle because I'm really interested in him. It's Ohio State offensive tackle. You know, I got to throw a Buckeye in here. We didn't get to see uh, Jeremy Ruckert uh, participate in the combine drills yesterday. So uh, Nick Nicholas Petit Frere is definitely one to also watch. Perfect last name for the city of New Orleans, by the way, but then also somebody that checks all the boxes. So keep an eye out there. Now, as you're looking for interior offensive linemen, uh, one definite name to watch out for is going to be Zion Johnson, right? So I, I, I smile and I smirk because if you don't listen to Locked on Pelicans, you should be. And if you're not a Pelicans fan, please consider because they're so much fun to watch right now. 
And Jake Madison, if you're not a fan, you want to become a fan, Jake Madison will take care of you over at Lockdown Pelicans. He'll get you hype. But of course, there's a bunch of stuff going on with Zion uh, Williamson over on the Pelican side. So adding Zion Johnson, another Zion to the mix in New Orleans could be pretty funny, uh, but he'll probably be the top interior offensive lineman outside of Chris Lindenbaum, who is a, a, a natural center coming out of Iowa. Really fantastic prospect to watch too, by the way, if you want to see a mobile guy. But Zion Johnson, extremely strong. And if the New Orleans Saints want to address the interior offensive line early for any reason, Zion Johnson would definitely be one of the guys to keep an eye out on uh, in that area. So lots of good stuff here, y'all. Um, I am so excited about the combine. I hope you can feel it. I hope you can see it. We're not done here today. Check back in in a couple of hours. I'll have another episode up for you talking about Dennis Allen, Mickey Loomis, what they had to say during their time with media and what it means for Jameis Winston, what it means for the defensive coordinator uh, uh, situation and more. We've got it all coming up for you later on today here on Locked on Saints. So keep it locked throughout. And of course, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Don't forget to go and check out Ryan Tracy, Eric Crocker over at the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They did a phenomenal episode today talking about the 40s, talking about the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, everything like that. They were absolutely on fire. So go and check it out wherever you get your podcasts or right here on YouTube as well for the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. As always, y'all, I appreciate you so much making me a part of your day and keep me a part of your routine. If you need anything else around these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.